I'm going to be in Bodkin, guys. I did the filming. How was that? That looked fun. It was awful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. Eye black still on your face? I do. It's so hard to get okay. off. I tried. For yeah, that's what ages. I thought. You do um, look like a Peaky Blinder then, in the way that yeah, you're, you're just covered to get as a level Killian, of dirt. You're trying to get the Killian Murphy sunken eyes thing going. Here's a question. Yeah, yeah, he's really hot. What? That that was the question. Is he a hard? Is Killian Murphy? Oh, uh, absolutely. To many people, yes. It was crazy that the show wow. has Are we about to get the classic thing, which is guy that is conventionally considered attractive? Travis, Travis is like, I don't get it. No, it's more like he's such an unreal looking person in like how I think that's why he's a he is and how gaunt he is. And then, that is that is a thing about hot guys. And then the show is like, what if we also threw Anya Taylor Joy in here? One yeah. of the least real looking humans <laughs> alive. <laughs> one of the least real people. No one has ever looked no. like her or ever will. Travis again. is right, like, and she's, she's insanely attractive somehow. Yeah, I'm it's amazing. I'm would, not super into her, but like I get it in the sense that it's like, hey. Like I would faint in her presence. No one will ever. No one will, again. No one will ever look like that. You know what the thing is, and, and this is with both of them. Um, I would say that Killian Murphy is among the most by shonen looking men actually alive, and Anya Taylor Joy also has anime energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then what was crazy was if you ever watched the Queen's Gambit, they hook her up with Dudley Dursley, and it's like, what if we paired up the person whose eyes are the furthest apart on their head with the person whose eyes are closest together on their head. <laughs> what would that look like? And then she's going to hook up with Thomas Brody Sankster later. It's just, yeah, I know I watched that show as well. Many people did <laughs> during the lockdown. I just decided to Google the specific place that he's from. And, uh, I didn't know that, uh, that I, I, I hooked up with a girl in that place in that in that specific. You hooked up with a girl on the Peaky Blinder set on a Douglas Cork. Did a V two rocket hit that place shortly (laughs) after you were there? Why do you say that? Because of no reason. Peaky Blinders. (laughs) A V two rocket. Is this an innuendo? Uh, Um, You know that's one interpretation. Yeah, you could definitely. (laughs) Another interpretation is that a V two rocket literally hits hits it. So who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? Uh, yeah, that's my only experience in Douglas Cork. Uh, it's a bit bougie, a bit like kind of suburban at this point. It wasn't always that way. Actually, there are parts of it. It's too big f- for me to put it in a box. People okay. will be like, oh, Douglas. Ugh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he is one of the, he is one of the few Irish successful people who has not been rejected entirely by the Irish people. He somehow. I thought you were going to say he's one of the few Irish sex symbols, and I was going to laugh. <laughs> he, he is somehow. He is somehow like Brendan Gleeson has not been rejected by the Irish people. As Colin Farrell, I would. I would have words. Colin, the Irish Fa- people. Colin Farrell is. Re- it, it depends on who you talk to. The thing is, they don't well, reject people. Contrarians. That no, they don't reject people for being good. Or bad people, they reject them for being too successful and knowing it. You know why they? You know why? You know why they rejected him? Because that sex tape. This is the <laughs> third time the Colin Farrell sex tape has come up on this podcast. 
I I I take I, I go over to my sign that says days since I've referenced the Colin Farrell sex tape, which currently is actually only at two, and turn it back to zero. The only person that more people will laugh when dies than the Queen of England is Bono. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, it That's comes it. up all the time. The thing That's with Killian Murphy is that he is intensely private, and like no one knows. Like Killian Murphy yeah, could never just like him. They just piss people like off because he's just like, leave me like, I don't know. He doesn't particularly like that's being famous. It. But that's the attitude. He doesn't like being famous. Yeah. So the Irish fucking love him. They love yeah, maybe him. Maybe he's they just more Irish him. than those other people. Um, I love the idea of like, and I, I know this is like, I guess, common enough, but it's so interesting to be a person who becomes a professional actor on television and hates being famous. Uh huh. Sometimes you're just like, like, I'm cataclysmically hot and I can't find another career other than acting. There's nothing else I can by do. By virtue of this, I so feel I become famous. He could also like the acting part of it. Yeah, he could the also spirit like moves that. me to act so much, <laughs> so strongly that I will endure being famous. Uh, yeah, the thing is, is you can do that. And, and again, I love the man. He's a tremendous actor. I love him in so many roles. The thing with him, though, is you can do that shit. It's not just that he was in. Three Batman movies. Bathman. Bat Batman movies. Uh, the Bathman. Yes, the Bathman. Kill the Bathman. Screen tested and auditioned to be Batman. Guys, don't see the Banshees of Inishirin. Don't see it. Have you I heard, heard it's really good. It? Yeah. It's it's really good in that it is really well made. It is I just... the it is the <laughs> Sounds like Ian'll like it. Yeah, Ian'll like it. It is the bleakest movie I have ever seen. It is so bleak. It is just a meditation on isolation and depression for two hours. Ian will okay. probably love it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. <laughs> but you said don't see it. Do not yeah, see it. that's right. That's right. It's not a bad movie. Don't see it. It Ste sucks to watch. Steven. It sucks Steven. to sit through. Steven. Five minutes ago, I received a text from a friend that said that they had just seen that film and that it was their number one film of the year and that I should go see it this weekend when they are going to see my number one film of the year. Text them, back, text them back and say, was it bleak? They will say yes. I promise you. I yeah. already know it's bleak. The, I know what it's yeah, about. The premise <laughs> of the film. I don't ever want to see a film that's a meditation on anything. We need to stop <laughs> meditating on things with film. But Matt, you love you love films if, that are meditations on trauma and grief. Yeah, what if it's a meditation on there being a big scary guy with a knife? Those are <laughs> I, saw, good. I saw Halloween. Meditation on what if your kid was the devil? What about yeah? What about like, a meditation on a large monster and what that would mean to the world? Yeah, I saw uh, I saw Halloween on Halloween at the theater. Sick. Uh, that movie's funny as hell. That movie, yeah. so fucking yeah, funny. It's a blast. I love what a campy little he guy. He puts on a little sheet and, and uh, does a little ghost he's routine. Got, he loves a good bit. And then when it's just the thing when like you're in a crowded theater and it's that part where he sits up and everyone's like, he's gonna fucking sit up. He does. The uh, he's about yeah. to sit up <laughs> and then he just slowly sits up and people are like hooting and hollering. <laughs> the Banshees of Inisherin is the most Irish movie I've ever seen. It it might be. It might be. The most Irish movie made this century. I, w I somebody who knows more about movies could argue with me. You got to see the wind that shakes the barley. But also deeply bleak film about the Irish Civil War. Okay, but this. Okay, I guess it is kind of about the Irish Civil War in a way. It takes place. It's a meta. Yeah, it's a metaphor during. for the Irish Civil War. Is what I believe was said by some 
critic <sighs> in the build up to it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That makes so much fucking and sense. Now we're into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Movies have subtext. <laughs> folks, folks, it's that time again. It's that it's a special time. It's a night time. It's the most wonderful time of the time. year. The most special time. For, as you know, the podcast that is dedicated to covering every single television show in existence, because our fortunes were, for, it was foretold to us that we would one day conquer this task, and thus we would, uh, I don't know, receive a great blessing or something like that. I am Ian Benson. Joining me, as always, he's apparently an undercover cop working as a barmaid. I'm not really sure what happened in the first episode. I watched it a week ago. It's Travis Marmon. How's it going? He just shook hands with Churchill. It's Matt Ciani. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> and he switched, which car has the car bomb? It's Stephen Doughton. That's, hey, I got arrested in Ring's End for potentially being an IRA member. And by I got arrested, I mean they threatened to arrest me. But I got away by saying I was playing Pokemon Go and not trying to plant a bomb on the cop station. When actually what I was doing was trying to pee on the guard station. <laughs> Have I told that story on this podcast? Yeah. Multiple uh, times. Uh, I mean, it's possible you told it on like Big Dumb Lates or something. It's been... A minute, yeah, that was ages ago. Yeah. Why did Peaky Blinders, halfway through its run, start titling its episodes? That's bullshit. The first Weird. three seasons, it's just episode one, episode two, etc. And then in season four, it's like, the noose. Why would okay, you Okay, which this? episode did it switch from BBC to Netflix? Or which season? It never did. It was always... Distributed. You remember, it started on BBC One. And then it moved to... No, it started on BBC Two. (laughs) And then it moved to BBC One. But that was during the... Does BBC One require episode titles? (laughs) It is when it switches to the BBC, so I guess that's the answer. Uh, Anyways, Peaky Blinders is a British period crime drama created by Stephen Knight, set in Birmingham, England, following the exploits of the Peaky Blinders crime gang in the aftermath of the First World War. It stars so many of my boys, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, mostly, it's uh, Killian Murphy with Tommy Tommy Shel- or sorry, Killian Murphy as Tommy Shelby with Helen McCrory, McCrory, uh, Paul Anderson, Sophie Rundle, Joe Cole, who is not an Thomas nor WS, just Paul Anderson. When it's when at the credits it said Paul Anderson, I was like, wait a minute, what? Wait, yeah. <laughs> oh, just Paul Anderson. I found it weird that former head coach of the Texas Longhorns, who's currently on the defensive Waiting. staff at Miami, yep. was in this show, and nobody mentioned it. Charlie Strong is great in this. I think he really found found a better role. Yeah, that was that was an. As soon as that name is said, I'm like, I guess we're going to make jokes about Charlie Strong. <laughs> I don't even remember what character he was. I couldn't have identified him, but he was, of course, he was played by. Uh, Ned, Ned Dennehy. Ned Dennehy. And I will say, to the credit of Ned Dennehy, he looks much more like what Charlie Strong should look like in my brain when you hear the name of Charlie <laughs> Strong. It's much like the 30 Rock joke about how Michael Wesley Sheen Snipes. looks yeah, looks much more like somebody who would be named Wesley Snipes. I'd say uh, my favorite actor is Dennehy, personally. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> is anyone's favorite drink in Dublin O'Doul's? Do they have it? <laughs> 
I don't think that they have a tools here. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a, Guinness makes a zero beer. There's a lot of zero beers. Because yeah, I was like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are recovering alcoholics that so live in many, Ireland. So, so many. No, probably they, a lot of there, it's a, There's a huge demand for non-alcoholic beers here. Bigger than I've ever seen in any city in the States. That makes so but much sense. Not, but not O'Doul's. <laughs> yeah. So... This is our first uh, Netflix show, in a way, even though it was, yeah, a BBC series. That, uh, it's a BBC uh, series. Like yeah. It was, yeah. well, I mean, they, I mean, uh, Netflix, uh, under a deal with the Weinstein Company, Blech. acquired the rights to release the show in the United States around the world. But so not all the music, so I, w- I wanted to ask, like, were you guys, because I know you wouldn't have watched the Netflix version, was I all the music that. in the first episode? I, I have Netflix again. I tried oh, okay. to pass one to my friend. So yeah, so everyone saw. So in the first episode, everyone got fast-paced boogie rock, as it was described in the yeah, subtitles. Yeah, this, the, the, this had the worst music drops of any show we've ever watched. Um, it felt like an episode of Shameless. It was really it was weird. So fucking terrible. And of course, the theme song is Nick Cave. Of course. <laughs> yeah, this is a Nick Cave astro. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I believe dude. Nick Cave in character from the assassination of Jesse James with the coward Robert Ford. These well guys are bad seeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do we know about Smile? Have we listened to Smile? Was that oh, Smile? Oh, yeah. The Smile. I actually listened okay. to that record because it because one of the songs appeared in this show. And I was like, you know what? Pretty good. And then I listened to the record. And I was like, this is better than some Radiohead records. Wow. Yeah. That's a big take. Amazing I, I drum li- sound. If, you, if you're ever going to notice production. I'm going to listen to it. I didn't know that this project existed, which feels weird to me. That I didn't know. It was super low key the way they rolled it out, and I like that. Yeah. So are are several members of Radiohead Audio All Stars for also <laughs> no, we don't do in that. Bates Motel, but not wait, all of them. So all wait, no, you <laughs> forgot about Father Ted. Oh Literally, yeah, Radiohead wow. is a. <laughs> all right, the best. All right, if to become an Audio All Star, you have to appear three times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not adding this. Um, <laughs> the, the honorary Black Keys Award. Jesus uh, Christ! <laughs> Literally, we could just give it to fucking gold on the ceiling. Like it doesn't even have to be the Black Keys. It's just like it was only gold on the ceiling all the time. <laughs> I'm surprised gold on the ceiling didn't play in either of these episodes. It surely appears in this show. <laughs> You're gonna get my. Yeah. Anyway, the yeah the fast paced boogie rock music that was there anachronistically also didn't sound good. No, at all. It was so compressed. Just absolutely. It felt like somebody was pushing on the sides of my head. Matt, you are technically correct. What, is it like a fucking like Johnny Cash cover of Gold on the Ceiling or something? No, no, no. Dan Orbach just... No, on the Black Keys appearance. Oh, okay. Dan Orbach does a song. <laughs> okay. So okay, he has a solo I'm giving you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I want some more uh, when the Family Pub is reopened in season two. Awful. While we're talking about the soundtrack, I have two thoughts about Lacrimosa. Number one, I've decided to try to become the guy who can identify the classical songs by name. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool. Because Love it. it's one of those things where if you've heard a song 100 times, your brain goes, I should know the name of this song. Yes. Um, I heard it and I was like, this is Requiem, right? And then I kept going. I was like, <laughs> number two. Wait, Requiem. That's another name for it. Oh, it has two Lacrimosa names. doesn't isn't it Lacrimosa and Requiem the same thing? Isn't isn't I like no Requiem part of Lacrimosa? Could is be. Lacrimosa like a, a a sweet and Requiem is a piece of it? 
I, I believe that's what it is. Look, I some, believe you. Some classical nerd is screaming listening to this, uh, if we know any. So Lacrimosa is only three minutes long. So uh, Lacrimosa I is part of Requiem. Okay, it's the opposite. Yeah. Okay, Lacrimosa is a name derived from Our Lady of Sorrows, part of the Disire sequence. Yeah. So it's Mozart's Requiem. That it, okay, it doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, all of those people who we know who are the classical music nerds did not respond to my tweet asking which uh, composer I should get into after seeing Tar. So uh, they can just, you know. Is Nessun Dorma the song that plays in The Big Lebowski, among many other things? Lacrimosa. <laughs> strong man also cry scene. My second thought about Lacrimosa is, I know it's been a while since we've added something to the bingo board, but I would really love classical song you've heard a thousand times plays on the bingo board uh i can get behind that yeah it's like it's I, such a fucking season finale thing yeah to be like i'm gonna play i don't know um oh my god i really should have thought of a s- single second could also be cover of example. popular song no no, those no. Yeah. no 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 i want like classical i want a classical song or or if it's gonna be a cover travis it has to be slowed down Oh, it's it has always to be slowed, slowed down. down and sadder. Yeah. No, if if you're if a cover song is in a TV show, it's always slowed down. Like you don't right. even need to specify that. It's made into Riverdale sex music, no matter what the song is. <laughs> Travis, to answer your question, <laughs> the song that plays in the Big Lebowski is Requiem in D minor, Lacrimosa. Okay. The song I didn't we're talking about. This. Okay. I was the just... song that we. The song that played in this, yeah. and then we are talking about. I have a I have a theory on Peaky Blinders. Go for it. Okay. There's there's I think there are three key points why people were fooled by this show. The show is fooled. Away. Number one is I the like House of show. Cards thing where it what looks like mean? prestige TV. You mean yes. it's well crafted? <laughs> it's yeah, it's well mean crafted it has high production but empty values and boring. Uh, number two, people have British accents. They do be doing that in this. Some people do have British accents. Number three, people grade period pieces on a curve. So three key things that I think made this show irresistible to people who want to like think of themselves as liking good TV. You know who some of those people are? This podcast's grandfather, Michael Mann. Yeah, it's true. He was a big fan. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's here as yeah. our as a Dennis Lehane and Snoop Dogg and the late David Bowie. I uh, right. confused the show with Peep Show for a very long time. <laughs> just lost <laughs> on the title, which is very funny what? to think about. <laughs> you you right up until I was watching it. You're like, I was this like, is what? That that's first the first... He's peeking through the blinders or whatever. Oh it's my like god, a Peep Show. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. You know, it's not like a thing that like yesterday. I was like, oh, this is a different thing. But it's that's like a, a thing honestly, for a long time. I got those titles mixed up. That's a bummer because it would be great for you to like <laughs> press play and be like, it's weird that Mitchell and Webb. <laughs> did this and it's in first person but yeah killian murphy's there i guess i i could easily see killian murphy doing the sort like when fucking liam neeson was in dairy girls i could see killian murphy just being like you know what i am gonna be in this episode of peep show because i like it i mean i would i i have said before that's the exact thing that i would do if i was a famous actor and steven you got on me for that idea because i would be taking roles from struggling actors did I? Did I? Did yes, I really, did I really give that take? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> That's a funny take. <laughs> it was uh, a real Twitter.com is a free website moment for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like 50% wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> having now done, having spent a day as an extra, you're now like, listen, yeah. guys. No, it's, it's actually extremely likely that the cameo role for somebody like John Hamm would have gone to an unknown uh, had John Hamm not <laughs> taken it. Yeah, it seems like it, it seems like a bad it seems like a bad take to be honest. Um, <laughs> Look at this growth charted on this podcast. <laughs> well, the funniest thing about it is it doesn't feel like I'm growing to me because I don't remember saying that. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't like, know. Yeah, who the fuck Steven? said that? That's fucking stupid. <laughs> Probably <laughs> always felt this. Um, Steven, I just uh, for some reason this popped into my head earlier this week. I showed a friend. Um, the Chris Gethard show. Yeah. Yeah. I and love Chris Gethard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were like, Oh, is this what your podcast is like? And I was like, what do you mean? And you're like, and they were like, Oh, you know, you have like an idea of what you're going to talk about, but you get bogged down in weird things, but it comes to weird, positive revelations for, for everyone on it. And I was like, and now we're just having this moment. I have never once had a positive revelation from this show. Uh, yeah, well, you're you're a bad negative. Travis, person. you could have ended that <laughs> sentence three <laughs> words yeah, earlier. <laughs> no, again, he had one positive. He's had one positive revelation, which and was is that, he, is that it? He loves his girlfriend. Is that no? It? It's that he understands who he is. When he looked inward, he immediately knew that deep down, <laughs> Wait, yep. it's Travis. It's Travis all the way down. <laughs> the further you dig, still the same. <laughs> Never once struggled with any sense of my identity. It must be Jesus. so nice to feel so clear. You know. Yeah, whips ass. <laughs> Uh, Peaky so I, I wanted to like this show more than I did uh, as someone who does watch a lot of prestige television and also because if you just describe this show it is just like oh it's Boardwalk Empire but it's uh, the other side of the pond and takes place slightly earlier in time Yeah, but it's also way less like glitzy than Boardwalk and it has like a way bigger cast to keep track of like mm. which did it's make it hard so uh, watching the first boring. one so uh, and it, it, it makes it hard to be engaged with Matt. I'm sorry that this show Matt isn't is pitched at your, your TV TikTok loving anything, speed so. where you need the most insane plot line to happen every three minutes. I'm sorry that you can't sit still. Uh, the other thing insane. that was disappointing to me is like the other reason I thought I'd like this more is it has um, the most goaded player of all time. Sam Neill uh, yeah. shows up in this, but he yeah. uh, oh yes. doesn't I, do anything particularly you know, interesting. You know in how this, many guys has a nice face. There are so many dudes who are goaded with the sauce that appear on this show. And we got to but see one of them. But like few have have are more goaded with the sauce in the history yeah. of mankind than Sam Neill. I would agree. I, I love his Instagram and Twitter presence where he mostly just posts his pigs. Uh, Sam Neill is the star of Jurassic Park, the greatest oh, yeah. movie uh, in <gasps> the world. Where uh, He is also in... He is awesome in horror movies that don't really have any right to be good necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> like... In the Mouth of Badness, uh, he's extraordinary. Like, not one of Carpenter's. No, yeah, I love that one. Like good movie, but I think don't it, come it, for in the Mouth of Madness. Uh, I thought that was his last good one. I think yeah, I think that's Escape generally from LA is it is good. good one. Uh, well, and then like listen, I, I never did watch memoirs on, on that. I've not seen don't. memoirs of Invisible Man, but Sam Neill, I've seen clips from it, and he does great with what he's doing. He's in fucking Event Horizon, which is yeah. not a great film, but obviously he's great in it. 
he's great in was it possession what's the like italian movie with like a lot of screaming oh dude yeah that movie's crazy holy shit possession Uh, great in that 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 is an incredible film uh deeply dead calm dead calm (laughs) yeah dude he fucking rocks he's He's in so much good shit yeah this show like i i I swear i'm not saying this because i didn't like the show but this felt like a waste of him in the pilot at least yeah he didn't get to he did not get to do much that was interesting in the pilot playing this ulster protestant guy copper dude i'm sure he got to do more of it was nice to see it yeah he he was like sadly when he was on screen it was uneventful I mean, yeah, he rocks. Uh, you should watch Hunt for oh, the Wilder People if you haven't. Oh, he's fucking Dr. Kirby. Gosh. Dr. Kirby. Dr. Which thing Kirby. is, which movie is that? Oh my gosh, am I big dumbass? Or are you thinking that Dr. Alan Grant is named Dr. Kirby? In which case, I will have to threaten you with a velociraptor claw in front of uh, all your friends. Who is Dr. Kirby? Stephen, Kirby when he knowledge. swallows someone with a PhD. Yeah, I'm looking, oh, I'm looking up Dr. I'm sorry. Kirby. Oh, Stephen's not remembering no, no, that I'm, Dr. I'm, Kirby I'm, was his doctor. No, no, oh, no, no. That's my pediatrician. No no no. no, 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 no. Okay, look, Mr. Kirby was played by fucking William H Macy in Jurassic Park Three who interacts oh, okay. with yeah. Alan all right, Grant. All right, all right. And I think I remember I think I remember Another great Sam Neill saying Kirby a lot because yeah. of that movie and my brain had a little hiccup. Okay, that makes sense. Alexander Payne's greatest screenplay, Dress Bark 3. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, just dumbfounded. So earlier today when I was trying to brainstorm just in terms of uh, Ian director moments earlier today when I was brainstorming names for my cat, I, uh, I originally I was thinking Martini and was going to call her Marty, uh, mostly for Mar- uh, Martin Scorsese. And a friend was like, just cut out the middle na- man, name the cat Martin Scorsese. And I was like, what if I name the 100%. cat? 100%. Oh, wow. Well, and then I was Sophia like, what Coppola. if I name the cat? Yeah, Sofia Coppola. And that person was like, I mean... That's just boring. And I just sat there for a moment, <laughs> just staring at my phone before going, okay, how about Greta Gerwig? And they're like, that one's better. And I was like, that's good. I don't know. I like the Scorsese one because I like the idea that every three weeks, everyone gets mad at an imagined slate that your cat made against superhero films. Anyways, by the way, Travis, the better joke, Travis, by the way, the better joke is that uh, the actual best Alexander Payne screenplay is, of course, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. I wow. did not know that he was involved nope. with I believe nope. that nope. cinematic Didn't know that. I believe it is very much he wrote a thing that would later become, in some capacity, <laughs> I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And he's like, I guess I'll take your money. <laughs> uh, Sandler took many liberties with his screenplay. At one point, he did not want his <laughs> name attached. <laughs> and Sandler said, too fucking bad. <laughs> I want I want Academy Award I'm, winner Alexander Yeah, guess what? Payne. I'm the nicest guy in Hollywood, so you're going to get credit and you're yeah. going to get paid for this whether you want it or not. <laughs> it's very much the time Matt and I brought you a slice of pizza you didn't want. It was probably like a really delightful meditation on what masculine amount of love is allowed to exist in this world. And Adam Sandler is like, what if I married a fat guy? What if it was a meditation on what it's like to marry a fat guy? We're both trying to fuck Jessica (laughs) Biel. What if it's a meditation on trying to fuck Jessica Biel? Uh, Desperately searching my brain for what's a movie I could say is a meditation on marrying a fat guy, but (laughs) (laughs) not coming to me. We need to get into this episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, hold on, hold on. Now, there's some meat on this bone. Let's just shake a sec here, okay? There are sure a lot of shows about what it's like to get married to a fat, be married to a fat guy, but not a lot of movies. Like, like it's like uh, fucking The Sopranos. What it's like to be married to a fat guy. Uh, no, okay. A movie that's <laughs> a movie that is about what it's like to be married to a rotunda gentleman is, of course, Eight and a Half. Now we're moving on. <laughs> okay. Bee blinders. So we've got Tommy Shelby and the Shelby family, a crime family of Romani slash Irish traveler. Uh, I just wanted gangsters. Uh, uh, before we actually got it, I just there's one other little thing I set up I needed to say, which is Stephen Knight is of course uh, he's a screenwriter and a film director. Uh, he you know he he wrote like Dirty Pretty Things and Eastern Promises, and he directed Lock, which is the one. Is that the one where? Tom, yeah, that's the one where Tom Hardy's the only guy in the film, and he's on and he's driving in a car the whole film. Um, Wait, sorry, uh, these are things that he has done. They're yes. supposed to be travelers. That's what Wikipedia says. Why I mean, are they're their more, they're, like the Romani thing is a uh, because they moved know. to Birmingham. I don't, I don't have the answer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, guess. they sound, they talk more like Brummies. Tra- is I mean, travel- the main thing, so travelers. Travelers. Travelers are a very specific culture in Ireland. It's. Um, like, have you seen the Dairy Girls where they run into travelers? No. I know where they're trying to go to the about Irish travelers, uh, but they're described as being of both. The Romani thing they obviously play up a lot more in the episodes that we watched, uh, mostly in their caravans. Huh. I just didn't and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't. I didn't clock that at all. Uh, I guess it makes sense. Stephen Knight. Stephen Knight, also in his many things that he has done in life is he created a television show a couple years before Peaky Blinders. He made it in 1998. Maybe you've heard of this show. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> what? Which is why I was like, you and have why to didn't let me he cast Regis Philbin. <laughs> you have to let me get to this setup. You have to let me get through this setup part, guys. I need you to know that the guy who made this show made his money creating the original form of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. A show that it's a true shame we haven't been able to watch. Because it's still on, right? Um, In some form. It gets revived now and again. Do you it's know? It's often a celebrity thing. I only allow the original, which is still on. Well, there's a, there, it was revived in 2018 with Jeremy Clarkson as the host. What? In the British one, I assume. Well, it's always Ew. been. Well, yeah, I was talking about yeah. the original British one. Okay. That's what he so made. The American Regis one has like Jimmy Kimmel. Right. With Stephen Knight. Stephen Knight probably has Ooh. no idea who Regis Philbin is. <laughs> He's like, how did this man become famous? What was his thing? <laughs> he would just go on and antagonize million them. dollars. <laughs> 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 Who's this man in this Shrek makeup? Uh, <laughs> Why did they put Regis? I cannot Shrek believe makeup. that Regis impression. That just <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, peaky blinders. Anyway, yeah, the Shelbys—they're a crime family. They live in Birmingham. They run this. They run this town in post-war Birmingham. You can tell that the town is is in is like a debauched like place of sin and crime because it has a great scene of uh, a dude railing someone from behind in the street and turning to the camera going "fuck off," which is <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, no, there's no worse den of hot scum and villainy <laughs> just than Birmingham, England. <laughs> 
That's such a like weird cliche for like place that's crime written is people are getting fucked in the streets and the guy's going fuck you. When <laughs> you're you in, by. when you're I've in England, you take two wrong turns and there's a guy fucking in the street and if you look at him, he will say fuck you. It's just a ma- it's just a fact of England. You got to know that's which streets to go a on guy, to avoid yeah. that kind of stuff. A guy came, a guy came up to me as I was walking back with lunch earlier today. And he was screaming at everyone on the street, but he came up to me, got pretty close to me, and screamed, We have a serious situation on our hands! <laughs> oh my god. Did he talk to you about And I, at West that Virginia? point, was like listening to podcasts about the Cleveland Cavaliers and almost going, Yeah, we're going to let him know. And then I was like, I'm going to shut the fuck up, is what I'm going to do. Peaky Blinders. I watched the first episode a week ago, and I am looking at the recap from peaky-blinders.fandom.com slash wiki slash episode underscore 1.1, and I don't remember many of the things that this is saying happened. The Shelby family is comprised of Tommy, played by Killian Murphy, Arthur Shelby Jr., played by Paul Anderson. You've got Polly, played by Helen McRory. And then it says here that you have Grace Shelby. No, Ada's the sister. Sorry, Sophie Rundle. Grace Shelby. Is she married to somebody? Grace is the the Annabelle Wallace character who's the barmaid that's actually undercover for the Irish constabulary. Who sings so beautifully. Yeah, and she randomly sings. She gets the job by singing because her serene voice calms down bar fights or something which was an insane scene out of my skin when we hit that scene watch and listen the reason why she was doing that singing is of course because of the fact that her evil twin gabriel (laughs) yes she has to go what happened to to malignant again (laughs) a lot happened to malignant uh okay Peaky Blinders. Yeah, um, I don't know. There's uh, gun running going on. Sam Neill is looking angrily at papers. Someone is a communist and keeps being like, by the way, I'm a communist. Like, he will not stop mentioning how communist By the way, I'm is. a communist and I'm having guy. sex with somebody who is in the wrong family. The, the whole thing is that this first episode is that the Peaky Blinders are like a small town gang and that a bunch of them just came back mm-hmm. from the war and what? Tommy, who's one of the guys in charge, has decided is let's level up as a gang because they stumbled upon uh, a wrong crate during a pickup that had a bunch of Lewis machine guns, ammunition, shit like that. And they're just like, we can we can do more. And by doing that, they attract more attention, which is where Sam motherfucking Neil comes in riding that goddamn train, riding that riding that Amtrak like he is dark Brandon himself. Headed in to sort it all out. Just scowling. So those guns were intended for the IRA, is that correct? Uh, no, I believe the guns Unclear. were intended for the British Army in some oh, capacity. And, gonna, and they want to yeah. turn around and sell them to the IRA? Mm. I think they're going to sell way. them to the highest bidder. Okay. Yeah. Or use some themselves, but I don't think they're necessarily ideologically uh, Aligned concerned. with anybody, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, since in the final episode, they appear to be at war with the IRA... In some capacity. Then we've got Italians in here. We've got Chinese in the first. The first scene is actually Chinese people. Can you believe that they put multiple races in here? No, I just said there's a lot of. <laughs> well, and, and I'm going to say I love different I, factions. I love a Grand Theft Auto fucking setup of like here's all the fucking gangs in town. Yeah. Here's their 
here's their fucking deal. It's yeah. the big problem with it's it's that uh, that's why I don't love uh, um, fucking gangs in New York because it fumbles that bag somehow. <laughs> It starts so even strong though it with has that. a scene where they literally like explain. So here's all the <laughs> all the yeah. gangs. There's a group called the Dead Rabbits, and they're literally carrying dead rabbits. And you're like, this is Manhattan, the best fucking film Long of all time. Island. Fuck off! Eat shit. <laughs> Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, so like Staten yeah, Island. <laughs> Fuck, I missed Yonkers, Long Island. Fucking hell! <laughs> fucking hell! Um. So. Yeah, like literally the first scene of this is actually like a chi- it's a Chinese woman saying, "Do your tits still have milk in them?" is like the first <laughs> line in this show. Oh right, I forgot and about I, that scene yeah, like, where he goes he goes and tells them all to bet on his horse. Yes, that is where Tom. That's that's how his small time operation to be mainly the runs draw is like for the show horse racing. Wait, betting. Matt, you don't say, you don't just look at various people you you know in life and ask yeah. if their tits still have milk in them. That's weird. I'm gonna start doing that to people. I ask. But... I ask my girlfriend that every week. She hates it. Yeah, Tommy's got a got a booking operation at the stables. They've got the one friend who has PTSD from the war. <laughs> he uh, has the most. He has some wild... of the best facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love this guy. A lot like, of great eye acting from him. Yeah, what, the, during the scene where they pretend to kill him, like he, he's just like. Podcasting is a visual. Podcasting, <laughs> podcasting. Anyway, he makes a lot of. He makes a lot of very, very. Um, Stephen kind, kind of, of like a like, chimpanzee at one point. He makes a lot of, of like dumb, brute, yeah. sad guy faces that really <laughs> got to me. Like, <laughs> you know, he died in the war. Anyways, he died That's back true. there in, in the trenches. Yeah, war has always been fucked, but World War One was just so fucked. The man. scholars have like declared it the most fucked <laughs> of all the wars. <laughs> Yeah, uh, as a scholar, you ask like that one. Oh Jesus! I called a no man's land. People still had to go in there. It was fucked. Okay, I don't know enough <laughs> about wars, but what I do know is that one seems like it was about less than other big wars. No one knows what Steven? it's about. It just kind of happened. Steven. We were all like, oh, I kind of lost our, our cool there for a bit. You know, you. you <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh boy, things really got out of hand there. <laughs> Listen, Woo! fucking you. Punched Jerry. Jerry punched Michael. Michael punched Stephen. It was all convoluted. We all just got in there. It was a big old scrum. Everything's better now. No, uh, Stephen, you know everything you need to know about World War One because you have played a lot of Crusader Kings and found yourself in the situation where you're like, "Fuck, why am I at war with these guys? Oh, so these guys were with these guys, and that's why they hate my ass right now." I oh, guess someone shot an Archduke. Like, that that game ends in like fourteen fifty three. Like, sure, that's it the ends last in that part. Year. But I'm just talking about like times in life where you're you like, understand the the vibe. Yeah, where you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Why am I at war in fucking you know Northumbria or whatever shit? Anyway, Europe, get your shit together. <laughs> Early twentieth century Europe, you've got you're some on things to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that nothing comes back. There might be repercussions if you don't get this together. Probably yeah, yeah, not, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. it's probably fine the way that this war resolves, and there's probably not any manner of powder keg going on here. Yeah. So there's so there's the bar that all the, yes. that all the Arthurs and the Tommies go to, uh, because their last name escaped my brain for a second. Shelby. I just watched so much of this. Shelby. Um, Dan and I were watching this and 
we were both like, what are they dumping out of these jars in the first scene where the woman who might be a cop and sing shows up? Do you know the one? Yeah. Um, yeah. I really can't stress enough that that's one of the worst scenes we've seen for this podcast <laughs> so far. Like it might be my least favorite moment. I had a, any show I, I had a bad time watching that scene. I don't know if I would say it's among the worst we've watched for the entire so, podcast. So we did Google good. it and I, I think we might both have ADHD, but what we landed on, cause you know, PE blinders was, was popular enough that you can literally be like, what the fuck are they dumping out of the pots in the first episode of Peaky Blinders? And the answer mm. is apparently mud, but I don't understand why. Sure. Uh, nope, here he is. Hey, Dan. I, I, Steven? <laughs> Steven. 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 Hey, Dan. Steven. Wh- why were they dumping mud out of pots in the first I episode? I could not begin to remember <laughs> the moment he is describing. <laughs> I watched it's it yesterday. Bit, I know what he's talking bit, about. It's... It's it's tobacco. It's like tobacco water. Oh, it's like a sp- those are spittoons. Oh, they're or dumping whatever, out basically. spittoons. Gross. Okay. Anyway, she sings Carrick Fergus while dumping tobacco water out of a spittoon. I think we all understood, but Stephen was like, "That's mud." I thought he said <laughs> it was mud. It's like, why are they have mud in pots? Why do they gotta dump them out? That's what it was like in post-war Britain. <laughs> They're just yeah. it's so fucked. It's so <laughs> that's fucked. How, that's how gritty there's it was. People fucking in the street. There's mud in pots. <laughs> we just filling our pots mud in pots. Mud. We were so poor. Ugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what's available in a town where people, you know, rail from behind in the street and go fuck off at you. So I like, goes, like, I don't know. I've lived in major cities for my whole adult life, and I've never just like walked in on so public Arthur, sex happening. Have you, to the cinema. have you lived in an English major city, Travis? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Which English city should Travis settle in? <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Fuck you. Brighton. I'm going to become a beach guy. <laughs> an English beach guy. You're going to sit in a car and no. eat a sandwich and go home. Yeah. <laughs> go seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, go live somewhere like Brighton, which is just like a I place where Brighton. a lot of Did young... You? Do you a lot listen? of young... <laughs> Do you listen to us? Huh? That's what he said. He <laughs> said Brighton. And I said he's going to go to the beach and eat a sandwich in a car. And then you went, or you could go to And then Brighton. I said go seagulls. <laughs> The team, the Brighton Hove Albion football club. <laughs> I don't know. What were we talking about? They're, str- they're dumping the spittoon water. Uh, My guy goes to the cinema is what Ian was trying to talk about. Uh, he does go to the cinema. He, he is me. He's he, he goes to the cinema with two women, but then he's captured by the police. That happens to me every week. If I had a dollar for that. <laughs> Aunt Polly points a gun at one of the fail sons and is like, you left this loaded gun like in plain reach of the kids. She's there. Don't do that. She's she's their aunt that raises them because their dad left and their mother died and she was great. Uh, RIP. And she's also like a Romani fortune teller, like whatever whole thing. Yeah. She died during the last season, uh, before the last season. Uh, I thought she filmed part of it. No, I, 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 from what I saw, it was that she didn't have anything uh, in there. Um, okay. Yeah, she had breast cancer. She was married to Damian Lewis. I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, unable to film any scenes for the series. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They I were, they were married for a long time. Hard. Okay. I don't know. And then the main event that happens. Well, uh, first we got Sam Neill like yelling at a bunch of cops. 
uh, for sucking at their jobs, and half of them yeah. are probably on the payroll of the Shelby's anyway. Yeah, he uh, tells them that right. coffee's for closers and shit like that yeah. and whatever. He gets a big yeah. monologue a waste, after a waste scowling of a king. for the whole episode. Yeah, you know otherwise. how it goes. Uh, and then... Danny, the guy with PTSD, has an episode and he stabs a random Italian business owner. Uh, In my mind, recalling this episode from a week ago, he stabs Chef Boyardee. (laughs) (laughs) He stabs Chef Boyardee. (laughs) Now the Peaky Blinders are in deep shit with not the the mafia, but just some Italian guys. the Italians. Also, we haven't talked at all about why they're called Peaky Blinders, uh, which is a disputed etymology. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard it's disputed. Um, isn't it that they wear like razor blades in their the cap? the main yeah thought is they had razor blades in their flat brim caps and they could sometimes they'd like headbutt people and then you'd be bleeding out your forehead and be blinded by that but there's some debate over the fact that like safety razors were already like a thing like thing I mean you can still get razor blades I don't know and then there's another thing that's just like no nah, it's just slang like it was like a dapper look like peaky and. The blinder was the hat, or maybe a peaky was a hat. I don't know. Some some arcane British slang that makes no sense. Smack barn pay wet, etc. It's like in the last scene or the last episode where yeah, he's talking very- in that fucking lingo, like where they're like, you don't know the lingo or whatever. Um, I assumed based on the fact that one of the first uh, scenes that we get in this show had a horse in it and was like prominently. I was like, oh yes, like horse blinders. But no, no, not that one. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, the blinders. Every time they say Peaky Blinders on the show, it felt very silly to me because that name is stupid. It is a silly Constantly. They say it constantly. It felt like they're less of a gang gang and more like a gang of like ruffian youths or whatever. Or like like the rocket power gang. Like, I don't know. This was like like 80% bone ratio. Bones ratio. Like it wasn't quite yeah. to the lo- like it wasn't quite there, but like the the amount they said the name of the TV show considering the show what it's called too it much. is it was too I much. I do like Impressive. that being the official name for this phenomenon <laughs> is the bones ratio. The more you say the name of the show, the more we're like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Come on, you can't you you cannot you cannot get this By close to the bones ratio. Blinders. Yeah. The leader of the Peaky Blinders. Can Just, you imagine if they were like, gosh, it sure seems like we're lost. Like, it's I was, just, <laughs> um, no, so the thing is uh, that I think it's also because they're British. They can more easily say Peaky Blinders. Well, when we say it, we just sound stupid. Peaky it blinders. sounds stupid when British people say it. They sound stupid. <laughs> it's the stupidest dialect in the world. <laughs> it just sounds awful. Yeah. It sounded stupid 100 years ago, and they sound stupid now. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So, okay. I'm going to ask a stupid question here. This is a safe space. No, it's not. That's a lie. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I lied to you in that moment. You're going to get torched for this. I've heard, and I have no evidence to point either direction on this. I have never researched it. It's just a thing that people have said, and I went, oh. Like... (laughs) You know, I don't know how true it is. No idea. Uh-huh. Not a clue. Uh-huh. Not a clue. It could be true. Could not be true. People have said that British people sounded more like Americans, and then they came over, and our accent didn't change that much, and theirs did. I have never heard this. 
I don't think but that's true. I no, I want to believe because I think it fucking rocks if like fucking John Milton sounded like a goddamn Yinzer. I mean, it might be like the <laughs> it might be like the stereotypical like British things you think of like the more aristocratic accent or like a posher one and like Travis the working class maybe sounded more like Americans do. Travis, we are we are mm-hmm. we are positing a world where the man who wrote Paradise Lost sounded like I don't know, name your famous Yinzer, and you don't want to play in that Dave space. Dave Wanstead. Yeah. Imagine who has got a Wanstead impression and can say, no better way. to rule in hell than serve in heaven. Better to rule in hell than serve in heaven? <laughs> William nope, Shakespeare had a deep Georgia accent. Yeah, that's way better. Uh, yeah, it's just something I've heard, like in the 1600s or whatever, British people actually sounded more like Americans than what British people sound like now. I'm going to read about it. Yeah. Yeah. I need to talk to a linguistics expert. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they're in trouble with the Italians now because Danny stabbed a guy. And so the Italians yeah, have don't a stab meeting an Italian. With, with Tom. Don't be a don't fucking stab idiot. Chef Tom Boyardee. Yeah. <laughs> if there's blood in the ravioli. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, this is also just the guy from Titanic who is the most stereotypical Italian like little role. So it is like he gets stabbed and he's like, Mama Mia, no, I'm a Mario. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So, Oh no, this is not a baronera. It's in my blood. So you've got to have a meeting of the, the, the leaders and, uh, Tom devises a strategy where he's like, okay, blood for blood. I get it. I will kill him in front of you and you'll bear witness I'll do it and, quick. and you know, sucks, but you got to do it. I understand. And so he brings Danny out to this canal with the Italians watching on the other side. And they have this big speech where he's like, yeah, like Danny's like, yeah, dude, I get it. Like I'm basically dead anyway in the war, raise my kids to be, to have not this life and to just be like good folks. Don't bury me anywhere. There's mud, et cetera. And I'll turn to face the music and then we're going to get rid of the body. Uh, I'd probably rather be cremated. I wasn't asking. I was okay, t- if if you were if you're gonna be cremated, <laughs> all right, fine. No, we'll play your game. If you're gonna be cremated, and then somebody's gonna throw your ashes somewhere, where would they throw them? He probably wants them on the Pacific Ocean that he so loved. Still haven't even been out to the ocean or that even was, the sun. That was that was a big Lebowski. Can I specify a person's face for my ashes to be thrown into? <laughs> <laughs> Just pocket ashes. I have said before that Lori were I to die. <laughs> Uh, I, I said before that we're fucking dad's face. Uh, I, I said before that were I to die in uh, like an accident while bicycling, I would very much like if my spine was delivered to the mayor. Like, it's your fault, so that he can there. finally see what one of those fucking looks like. Hey, oh, Andrew Ginther, put on blast. Hey, fucking shit, Andy. If I, if I if I if I died because somebody killed me with their car. I would absolutely make sure that they at least receive like a severed hand in the mail or something. Throw my ashes in the Detroit Zoo Penguinarium. It's uh, the only spotty experience. <laughs> true happiness. Oh my gosh, Travis is like that orangutan that kept escaping to like go play with the penguins that was famous. Like never actually left the zoo, just like went to hang out with other animals, but was really smart and didn't know any better. Orangutans are so fucking sick. <laughs> 
Right, the one that was blasting the cigs. Do you know what I'm talking about, Travis? <laughs> no, I don't know that story. Uh, I gotta give you. I gotta I think give of you during that. the early uh, parts. Like the, you would love. I liked yeah, during on. the early parts of the pandemic where like they took the penguins around shed to go look at the other animals. So there's like a penguin and a beluga seeing each other for the first time. That was the good yeah, shit. That's sick. So his name was Ken Allen. If you'd like to, <laughs> if you would like to, Ken hit, Allen the orangutan. Yeah, Ken Allen the orangutan. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna put Why it in the last, last name. name. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, guys! Again, I, as somebody who named a cat today, I at one point considered naming the cat Francis Ha. It's funny to give animals last names. <laughs> okay, it's, it's in the general. It's in the general chat. Click on Ken Allen. He's he's Dude, a this famous. This is so funny. I type in Ken Allen. First three results: Ken Allen Law, Ken Allen Lawyer, Ken Allen Orangutan. <laughs> Yeah, Ken Allen the Orangutan. He had his own fan club. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived for 29 years. Ah, fuck. Got, um, they, lymphoma got him in the end, but man. Yeah. It's going to be me one day, too, there. I'll get you, Ken Allen. We're a lot alike in that way. <laughs> Ken Allen developed <laughs> prostate cancer as euthanized December 1st, 2000. There is no explanation yeah. of why he's named Ken Allen. <laughs> 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 there is a Ken Zoo Allen keepers song. were initially stumped how he managed to escape. Zoo staff began surveillance of his enclosure to try and catch him in the act, only to find that he seemed to be aware that he was being watched. This yep. forced zookeepers to go Hell undercover, yeah. posing as yep. tourists to learn Ken Allen's escape route. Yep. But the ape was not fooled. Moreover, other orangutans began following <laughs> Ken Allen's lead, escaping yep. from the enclosure. It's Zoo officials eventually hired experienced rock climbers. Uh, Wikipedia note when, when? <laughs> question mark uh, to find every <laughs> finger toe and foothold within the enclosure spending $40,000 to eliminate the identified holds. Yeah, he just kept wow. he just kept One escaping. One of the top like, 11 zoo escapes. There's a, there's a story there's a story where he'd he would escape he would escape from his cage and then they'd catch him and they could buy because the, he was out of his cage or his cage was broken and then he realized that they were realizing it because his cage was broken so he learned how to dismantle his cage and then remantle it at the end of the night so he has figured out the tools of the oppressor so and has made them his own that's incredible <laughs> yeah hey, hey travis travis what's 27 <laughs> uh 28 is rush 27 i don't have it today sorry <sighs> Rough. Who is it? You might associate this person more with with his bands. I'm um, gonna go Iggy Pop. Yeah. Oh, who's a 27? Oh, here are some names that stood out to me on the list of individual apes: J. Fred Muggs, Joe Martin, Joe Martin, Mighty Pierre Brasseau. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Oh, this one was okay. Here was where my confusion came in. So the first groups: actors. Then we got artists, science and exploration. Zoo notables, circus use, and then as politicians. And that was where I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this is still an individual and apes? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is apes that were like elected. I mean, mayor, technically all like politicians in, like, are apes in that uh, yeah. they're homo sapiens. Um, Makako uh, Chow, uh, a chimpanzee that had the ex- the habit of throwing excrement at visitors, including several politicians at Rio de Janeiro. A uh, satirical newspaper ran him in 1988 for mayor, and he got 9.5% of the vote. It's <laughs> pretty Fuck good. yes. Great for a third-party candidate. Me too. <laughs> um, and then Colossus the gorilla was the main attraction at Benson's Wild Animal Farm. Hey. <laughs> yeah, alternate Ian. university where all the animals are <laughs> X-Men. <named. laughs> 
I have to retire to Hudson, New Hampshire and resurrect the family business with, you know, uh, magic, um, who was played, of course, in the New Mutants by Anya Taylor-Joy, star of Peaky Blinders, the show that we are here okay. to talk about in theory okay. today. Okay, what was the last, can you name a single movie in the last five years that didn't have Anya Taylor-Joy or Barry Keoghan? Can't be done. Every single no, movie. No, impossible. It can't be point, done. Every movie. So you, a, think, you think Barry's not in it? Neither of them and then were he in appears uh, and you're like, that fucking guy. <laughs> is there a moment like <laughs> that in... Um, Yes, and of Banshee's. course there is in the I know he's in it, but I just was like, I knew he was in it, but it's the thing where he, when he appears, there was some the moment Green Knight I was moment. like, fucking hell, there he is. Yeah. Like, uh, that was he's ultimate, so good. Oh, this fucking guy. Yeah, the Green Knight. The Green Knight is the one where you're like, don't you fucking talk to that guy. Stab him. <laughs> just fucking stab him. <laughs> he has entered the... Um, the Ben Foster territory of every time he appears in a film, I think it's better for everyone involved if they were to immediately murder him. <laughs> like, you're Dude, only I think yourself. that's probably true in this movie, too. <laughs> Perfect. Like, and it's a bit sadder than most of them. Like, it's a bit oh. more tragic, but I still oh, I'm think it's really true. like this movie. <laughs> anyway, he's about to kill Danny in front of the. Or he shoots Danny in the back of the head in front of the Italians, and his body falls on this boat, carries him away. And then, surprise, it was actually fake. He shot. A bunch of sheep brains at him or something. I have no idea the, how they did this. Yep, they yeah. made a fake they bullet sh- with they, sheep They made a shell entrails. out of sheep brains. Don't know how that works. That's some weird MacGyver shit. And uh, Danny gets a new assignment in London. And we'll never know what Ooh. it is. Yeah. Oh, also, um, uh, they do meet with... So, I mean, they talk about how they got the cop on them. And uh, there's the part where... You know, uh, Chief Inspector Campbell is like, oh, Winston Churchill sent me. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And they're like, Winston Churchill's here. And I was like, wow, they're going to talk to Winston Churchill. And this is where uh, the show then reminded me it's 1919, 20 years before what I think Winston Churchill looks like. So then they're yeah, sitting right. with a guy, and I was like, that guy doesn't look a fucking thing like Winston yeah, Churchill. Yeah, I did not clock anyone as mean? being Winston Churchill on this show. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any pithy quotes. Also, the fandom.com synopsis mentions, in his bedroom, Thomas pours brown opium into his pipe and lights a match. He puts flame to the opium and draws. He dreams an old memory of himself, Freddy and Danny in the tunnels during the war, trying to listen behind a wall before they get attacked. He wakes, looks out the window, and sees two policemen walking down the street. I have no memory of this scene. See, I thought you were about to pull up the Peaky Blinders fandom wikia page for Winston Churchill, which is always <laughs> a um, kind of diversion. I am to do. at it. Yeah, uh, Winston Churchill, Secretary of State for the Colonies between 1921 and 22. He's first seen on a Pullman wow. carriage at the train station. The carriage has been turned into a luxurious office. I can't really tell you much about him. The relationship between Churchill and Thomas is complicated and ominous one. Did we do it? Did we finish the first episode? <laughs> we finish. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the first episode. Now it's time for the 80-minute episode. <laughs> would you watch it? I would not, and I'm offended that you would even ask. Yeah, uh, I, I was like, I, I don't know, maybe I'd give it another try that's, or that's something. That's how I feel. I'm at the Travis level. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so many people are like, Peaky Blinders is amazing. I feel like I got to... Yeah, I like the way it looked. I, 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 I kind of dug it. Um, I dug the finale because at various points it made me think, God damn O'Driscoll's. So, the, the finale <laughs> was way more fun for me, which I did not expect, especially because the review that I got from my friend who watched the whole thing was that it dropped off a cliff at some point. Mm. 
how can it drop off a cliff? It added Anya Taylor-Joy and also one Thomas Hardy. Tom Hardy sounds like fucking Meatwad yeah. in his one scene in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like you can kind of hear a little bit of the Bane voice, but like he, he sounds like it sounds like Meatwad. <laughs> That's just how he talks. <laughs> this is what acting is apparently. Ever since The Revenant, I believe that Tom that Tom Hardy has never been cast. He just shows up, <laughs> um, and then does a goofy little voice. This that is, movie sucked. That movie was garbage. Do not tell me anything other than that movie. That that movie, I did not like it at all. I liked it at the time. I haven't watched it again. I do find Inuri two overrated. Yeah, that movie. That movie blows. Uh, yeah. So as I said at the very beginning of this episode, uh, my other main notice here is I can't fucking see. Uh, <laughs> couldn't see shit in this finale. I can't fucking see you. Have a, have a light. Try lighting. <laughs> I would like, like, it's hard enough for you to follow this. <laughs> you guys, I, I, I understand this criticism. Have you balanced your television? Have you done anything? I was watching it on my tablet while did I was put, working. Did you turn so your that brain? Oh, did you turn oh, your... you couldn't fucking see because you were watching on a tablet in the middle of the goddamn day. All these just I turned the like lights off. I turned the, <laughs> I turned the light off in the office. Trying to, to watch a movie on their goddamn <laughs> telephones. <laughs> yeah. Travis, the way to do it is you watch it in the shower. You can see everything. I have it's been great. thinking about that all day, Matt, that you were like, dude, it's fucking me up. <laughs> it wasn't that funny to me at the time. That was there your rock bottom. So rock bottom about watching the rescue me finale in the shower. Like, I can't think of any place. I want to hear Dennis Leary's voice less than while I'm showering. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Tom has been diagnosed with tuberculoma, which sounds bad. Sounds like it's tuberculosis and a sarcoma at the same time. I don't know. Never heard of it. You know, his it's daughter just, died it's, of tuberculosis. He's, he's, he had, he had so, tuberculosis and his got tuberculosis got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> it's tuberculoma. He got the TB. What's he this, passed was, out in fake New Orleans and he had to go Didn't that guy? Wasn't there the story of that guy whose ringworm got, it was like had a tapeworm and then the tapeworm got cancer and then he got cancer from the tapeworm's <laughs> cancer? <laughs> no, I've never heard that. And I don't think that biologically makes sense. But guy whose tapeworm got cancer. Tapeworm spreads deadly cancer to human. The guy had HIV. The tapeworm kept growing in the body, unchecked by the immune system, that developed, that turned into the cancer. They realized this, and then 72 hours after, he died. <laughs> Devastating. Uh, that is going on my brutal death metal album. Uh, a CT scan showed tumors in his lungs and lymph nodes, but biopsies revealed bizarre cells leading Colombian doctors to contact the CDC for existence. They acted like cancer cells, but they didn't appear to be human and were 10 times smaller. This is a weird X file oh, that so you're describing. Sick. Yeah. I mean, that's horrible, but they it's found so a type cool. of tapeworm. Yeah. In the man's tumor. It was in the tumor. This is an X-Files house crossover episode yeah, that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Tommy, he's been diagnosed. He has like 18 months to live. Also, his he had a daughter at some point who died of consumption. A bunch of shit happened that I really had trouble following. <laughs> that's man. I got that's tell the you, finale. My, my brain really, really rejected this. This episode. was a toughie. Like uh, it just would not do it. A lot of people are trying to kill each other. I was trying so hard. Uh, shout out, uh, as you know, all star Finn Cole, uh, aka yeah. the Chotch guy from Animal Kingdom. Uh, 
He's got a mustache yeah. now that's Finn fuller. It does work better that he has a full mustache and not a dirt stash this time. Uh, and isn't wearing stupid sunglasses. So Tell me how you really feel about Finn Cole. <laughs> Just really hated his Animal Kingdom character. I uh, Really? I couldn't tell. Is he also fucking Anya Taylor-Joy? I can't remember. Who's, who's sleeping with Anya Taylor-Joy in this episode? Um, uh, the guy who is. wants to kill... Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of people want to kill each other. People are setting car bombs off everywhere. A lot of explosive action. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, the fandom.com page for Lock and Key, the finale, is um, far less robust. Yeah, so what? How did, So this show uh, did a cliff dive in terms of quality, but did it um, lose a lot of viewership as well? Good you question. know? I feel like usually when we get the really shitty finale uh, no. synopsis nope. page. Nope, 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 not, not. Mm, People nope. continued. Uh, uh, see, nope, 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 nope. This motherfucker is, a, this is a, this is a lineup. What? Average UK viewers, season one, 2.38 million. Average UK viewers, season six. Sorry, series. It's British. 5.42 million. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to do it. it. It's a slow burning word of mouth hit. Michael's finally released from prison in Boston, and he's aiming to take revenge on his cousin Tommy. I didn't realize that there was parts in Boston. Well, they talk about it in this episode. Um, like, yeah. I, I, so Tommy, again, he had an affair. He had an affair with his doctor's wife, which is very important. Also, his doctor's a Nazi, or I don't know if the I mean, Nazi party existed yet, but he is a, a wife of certainly a, Nazi? a fan of uh, the um, Fuhrer. Season six is 1933. So yes. It's 1933 now. Okay, yeah, it jumps so to 1933. Like a, so there's like a 14-year time span over the. No, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, every couple of seasons, uh, every series jumps forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, so his doctor's know. a Nazi and tells him that he's got tuberculosis, and also Tommy's fucking that doctor's wife, and he's like, "Well, I'm dying. I better uh, cryptically allude to this a lot and destroy everything that <laughs> I have." He Frasers it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's heading through that golden gate, and he's gonna be smiling. <laughs> He's like, first let me kill off all my I'll kill off all my enemies and then destroy my big house. He hasn't been trying to do that the whole time. I don't know. I'm sure he's killed off many enemies over the course of 36 episodes. And it's just funny that he's like, him. all right, now it's time to kill off all my enemies. Uh, someone's named Billy Grade. Thank, thank you, Travis. Sure. <laughs> um, Thanks. Yeah. My brain was saying I would rather be in a Zoom meeting. Uh, by the way, Travis. I was pretty that. sure this was the case. That is not the doctor's wife. That is a different man. Wow, coming from Travis. The guy who tells him that That's he is dying. The, Steven thing. the oh, doctor is a different guy. Is a different man than Sir Oswald Mosley, who is uh, minister of the uh, of Lanc of the Duchy of Lancaster, the deputy to the Chancellor. Yada 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 yada. Um, he is serving. He is the main antagonist of season five, and he is described as the devil. Okay, but at the end of this episode, he's like, he who goes after the doctor then? who okay. was there. He realizes that the doctor was in on this, but that okay. is not. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You see, there were many people involved in this plot. Yeah. So many. This is a, a tough gambit. Yeah, I don't remember who Billy Grade is, but would that be he's the guy? Informant. Was I was going to say, is that the guy who shows up at the bar and doesn't speak the language that they're talking in? Mm-hmm. And then it's sold out 
to the the other you know the other there's gang a lot of on this episode people getting lyrics from cashmere yeah there's a lot of people just getting played really obviously in this episode and like being a dunderhead like the guy who's like when they're like we're throwing a party anyway all the booze is in the kitchen go into the kitchen by yourself that's <laughs> where it is like clearly this guy from 1933 has not seen goodfellas yeah no he hasn't travis <laughs> he assuredly I, hasn't. I would say he hasn't yeah, so this guy's just like, hmm, everyone's speaking in a language I don't understand around me, and the one thing I can pick up is that they're saying the truth, but I don't know, probably not. If you are ever <laughs> an informant, and you find yourself in a situation where everyone else is speaking a different language directly in front of you, make your peace with death in that moment, because yeah. you are yeah. not getting out of the room. You are, yeah. you are not making it to the end of the day. Or you pick up on it early enough and, you know, you start running away the plan that you formulated to fake your own death, like, and get it going. Yeah. So they're at war with the IRA, I guess. Yeah. That's going on. Captain Swing and other IRA assassins go yeah. to the Garrison pub to kill Arthur. I love. Would you listen I, to Captain, Swing and, Captain Swing and the assassins? Swing and the IRA assassins. No, because they're probably was, horrible swing revival. Yeah, band they're probably awful. But. But what if they were just called? Okay. Cap- but what they're just Captain? Actually, Swing. that could have really just been an alternate name for my own college band. Um, Captain Swing, I might listen to. I would say that's just a an emo band that combined Captain Jazz and Swing Kids into into one thing, like Electric Wizard for doom metal. Um, Captain Swing <laughs> exists, of course. Anyway, yeah, there's a big shootout at the pub. There are many things I want in life. I would love to have one moment, though, where there is, like, a sniper backing me up. That probably feels pretty fucking oh, cool yeah, to do yeah. things. Cover me. Uh, I, I, if we're talking about things that we'd like to, to do goose. from this episode, I would like to hit a button that makes a building explode. <laughs> like, I, like, I would love if it, you probably know, there was fun. something else oh, planned yeah. for that to go up and, you know, everybody was out of the way and, you know. But, like, I, I would genuinely love to do that. I want to burn an Irish traveler's, uh, you know, uh, caravan. What the fuck? It was just a joke. Yeah, jeez. Real <laughs> British like, posting here. <laughs> Jesus. I think he's actually going to do it. <laughs> I, got, I don't know. You got to understand the relation. He lives right by Dublin. You got to understand the relation that the travelers have with everyone who is not a traveler because it kind of sounded like you said, like, I would like to, uh, I don't know, burn down an Amish person's buggy or something. I like, actually do want to do that. That would actually be we, really funny. To we've say. been over this. I am. I am. Steven, I've said <laughs> this directly to you. I am prejudiced against the Amish and I think I'm right to do so. And you, yeah, went, I'm yeah proud of probably. It. It's a, it's a bit more complex than that, but sure. Okay, fine. It's a bit more complex. Hey man, than the, it's a bit more complex. Than the, I know. Look, I, I, I just, there, there is no, one-to-one like weirdly enough there is no exact equivalent to the irish traveler in america uh i i took Mm -hmm. i took the closest i could come up with and it it wasn't uh it wasn't enough but um anyway people people are very very biased against them um in a big way and you know what yes a lot of people in ireland would say i am prejudiced against the travelers and i think that that's the right thing i as an American, don't have a horse in this race. Yeah, like, it, yeah, it, you guys uh, deal with that yourself. I don't yeah. know. It does remind me of that that 
uh, meme they used to go around that's like European people when you talk about like most minorities and it's not it's the like political alignment chart and they're often like the authoritarian like the left side of it and then it's like Europeans when you talk about Romani people and it's like a swastika shaped graph coming off of the authoritarian <laughs> right chart and then they're on the very yeah. top right portion of the swastika or whatever yeah yeah um, no it's uh it's absolutely fucking true if you've ever talked to Italian people about Romani people it is uh yeah insane some of the most fascist shit I've ever heard people say. Meanwhile, in America, we're like a gypsy. That's when uh, when Stevie Nicks puts on a shawl and spins in a circle, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. And then, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Travis, that was a banger. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. You really got your onto something there, Travis. <laughs> Tommy meets Michael on Michelon Island. Oh, he meets him at Michelob's Haley Michelob Island. It's in hey. France, apparently. Gosh. No, it's not. I was looking this up. It's in. It's a French overseas collective in the Gulf of Saint Lawrence. Oh, okay. It's an island. It's a small island of six hundred and twenty-six people that speak French in the Gulf of Saint Lawrence. Anyways, I will be moving there shortly. <laughs> Goodbye, yeah. T Wall. Everyone there is probably really annoying. Um, Johnny Dogs, which is what Trump hates. Quebecois. I mean, that is sick. Johnny, why is this show not? They spent eighty minutes. They made a fucking eighty-minute fucking episode, the length of what would be a movie that I'd be stoked about it when I hit play and I saw the length of it. And they did fucking what they did with it. It's just upsetting. Johnny Dogs. Eighty minutes is like the, the blessed amount of time for a piece of media. Yeah, he switches the car bomb. Yeah, switch car bomb intended for Tommy, and, you, and instead it kills Michael's associates. Who's Michael again? Is that Finn Cole? <laughs> yes. Captain Swing was a woman. Did wow. you watch? The I did. I didn't get that, that was what her name was, and I can't. I didn't get this. I couldn't get anyone straight. I couldn't tell who was who. I couldn't see. I was also doing work. I didn't remember, catch anyone's name. I tried. Johnny Dogs is played by a guy named Packy Lee. That's all I have to say about him. Uh, Pretty cool. <laughs> yes, she is. The, she's the one who walks into the bar okay, with the gunman. Mike, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Michael is Finn Cole. And yeah, yeah. All his all his associates are dead, and then Tommy's like, boom headshot. Uh, yeah, he's he's yeah tying up all loose something. ends before he moves through that golden gate, smiling. Yeah, you know. But if they're enemies, why didn't he do this earlier? Because That's what I don't understand. Because, uh, you know, he was just like, I got to be reckless now. It all works out. Like, there was a, sm- a, 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 a few small miracles effectively occur in these actions. Like, yeah. that guy switches the car bomb. Like, that, that, you know, that was what helps pull some of this stuff off. You know, he, he, he's like, ah, you know, uh, uh, knowing that my doom is, impe- is coming, that's a good tonic for the brain there and now I can think clearly and figure out how to kill all people I know. Fair. Yeah. You know? It's like post not clarity, only it's like you know <laughs> you're being told you're dying. So he's yeah. like, yeah, fuck it. And Let's he keeps do talking some about dumb shit. he keeps talking about Aunt Polly's predictions and a lot of this was vengeance for her because apparently she got killed, presumably since she died in real life. They were like Yeah, they they uh, killed she her. She gets killed screen. off and we can use that. As a plot, yeah. Um, uh, when um, when 
Captain Trips or whatever um, dies. Uh, she's, you know, uh, as she's dying, uh, one of the, uh, Arthur Shelby is just like, her name was Polly. Yeah. Which is how I would when like. Captain Swing dies. I, I knew Captain what the name Swing. was. Captain Tribs is the disease in the stand. That was just what I just, mm, Okay. Yeah. I, I just was picking a thing that it sounded like that we haven't said before. I, yeah. I should either watch that miniseries or read that just because it's such a cultural touchstone. I'm drunk. Wow. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I'm so wasted. I could fast. read the stand right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was wild. Stephen had two beers, cracked <laughs> open the stand. He read all. He read all thousand pages. <laughs> wow. I've had two and uh, a half beers, mind you. Dude, I it's uh, fucking. I get thirties hit me like a fucking freight train. I, his body is broken in so many ways now, and it is the thing where I'm like. Yeah, I can have I can have I can have two beers and you know after having, you know, two martinis. No, I can't. No, I can't. What do you what do you want about? You can't it doesn't do that. matter that you had Indian food and you then pizza. You can't do that. So uh uh let's see. Um Oh, Arthur tells Swing, I don't shoot dogs, I shoot fucking fascists. That's a cool yep. line. Yep. I guess she's a fascist. Yeah. Or maybe she's not, and he's just calling her that. Because you know, everything's fascist and everything's communist. Yeah. I didn't He's calling everything this. late capitalism, and people are like, dude, this doesn't apply to everything. I, did, I didn't mention <laughs> this, but in the first episode, I thought there were like one or two really good speeches. Like, they didn't work. Like, I didn't, I mm. like, I felt like there were big gaps in between. But the speech that the guy that your man is giving to all the cops, like the head cop, is giving to all the cops. Sam Neill. Yeah, Sam Neill. Like that yeah. one about. You liked that about yeah. I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was effective. <laughs> the one that Ian called just like coffee is for closers and moved on. From. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. After and, Matt said he hated that scene, I believe. <laughs> I thought you know. I thought it was fun. I th- I don't know. I'm I'm into like over the top writing. I get for, it. For, also, what degree. happened is you you're a little drunk now, so now you can speak your truth in vino veritas. Yeah. You're like, I want to go back. You guys said this scene was bad, and I thought it was good. I did. Which I, I had fun. I thought it was fun. I liked this show. I liked this television program. You're allowed to like the show. And what I especially liked about this the television show. program is after he like shoots his former associate or cousin. I'm not really sure what the relationship between Arthur and the guy he shoots. Um, he gets to hallucinate uh, a field and no, he gets to hallucinate uh, Tom Hardy being there. Oh, and then right. he chats with Tom Hardy. Oh. Yeah. What do you mean, ah? Uh? Who? I didn't realize that was a hallucination. Travis, I was working did while you watching watch this. I was he also says, working. He says, and I was like, I know, "Why is Meatwad here and Jewish?" Travis, 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 Travis. One of his lines is, "As someone who's been dead for a while," like he says that. To him. I, I thought that was metaphorical, just like when Danny <sighs> died in the war, but he didn't. Yeah, that's true. He was like, that. "Oh yeah, I've been dead since the war." Yeah. I don't know, man. I was just too distracted by his voice. And like, Tom, what choices are you making here? Just raw animal magnetism. Uh, Ram. Anyway, so then Tommy, uh, his like <laughs> final thing is like, is he that puts... What it is? When I can see the, like, it's like, oh, low on Ram, it's out of raw animal magnetism. <laughs> That's correct. Oh, look at uh, that. I learned something today. So Tommy... Uh, puts 1,500 pounds of dynamite in the big estate 
Is it his estate or is it like some like an enemy's? It's his thing that's gone. It was his, and he's just it's like his, saying he's goodbye crazy. to it. Yeah, yeah he blows it's up his because he says that he's the only politician. At the end, he says he's the only politician who carried out his pr- right. uh, promise. He's destroyed his home and will make it so that it is affordable housing. Yeah, and yeah, he blew it up as they're having this destruction big feast. of the main set. Not really. Not really. Destruction it's of destruction a of a set. Yeah, I don't think the strategy yeah. main set. Um, so yeah, then he has this big feast where he's like, "I'm going away." He keeps being like, I'll be be gone for a while. And his wife is like, where are you going? And just like going through that golden gate. <laughs> yeah. Beyond the rim. <laughs> then, you know, we get a time skip. You know, please let me know if I'm skipping anything you want to talk about. Because over the end of now, this 80 minute episode, we're all like, I don't know. I mean, shot. I would like to, I, I would like to talk about the disappointment I did feel with this television program, which is. Uh, could have used more Anya Taylor Joy once she appeared. I was like, oh, oh good. my god, the yeah. One scene. I can't believe she had one scene. I was also fl- flabbergasted. I was. I my assumption was I was like, yeah, she's a key figure. I don't know. She's probably. Is she just expensive? She's probably now? busy as hell, dude. As Stephen said, busy. her and Barry Kewen are in every movie. So. <laughs> Fucking yeah, uh, Daddy Robert Eggers calls and was like, I need you to be in Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, am I the vampire? And he's like, no, it's going to be Bill Skarsgård, baby. We love that guy. We love all the I would love to have her be Orlock, though, and like have the Sexy Orlock. Sexy Orlock. Sexy Orlock. Sexy Orlock. What was the movie with Anya Taylor-Joy where she lived in a mirror that I wanted to like but couldn't? That would be last night in Soho. Despite the fact that the main actress is somebody that I have a crush on despite the fact that she's a little too young for me to have a crush on her. A lot of hot people are in bad movies. Yeah. Most um, people in movies true. are hot. That's why they're Again, in movies. My biggest <laughs> issue with Thomas and Mackenzie is that she's just a mouse that was turned into a human. Mice are cute. What is your problem with mice? I just can't <laughs> handle her voice. I, that's I don't really want to fuck one. <laughs> when she's just like, I'm, I'm here on the beach that makes you old. Oh, no. I was a child the other day, and now I'm pregnant, and then my baby immediately died. Look, we can make oh, fun no. of my M. Night Shyamalan plots all day long. I'm here for it. but No, nothing will ever beat Senator... Nothing will beat me watching that movie with Senator Meow and him saying, you know, if that was in French or Korean, you would have given that four out of five stars, Ian. <laughs> and I thought about myself for a while. Because you'd see someone's name mid-sized oh sedan God, and you're like, so oh, it's just great. a translation issue. Anyway, a month after he says this goodbye to his family, we see him in a field next to a carriage, unconscious. And you're like, oh, did he die? Is this how he went? There's like a crow around him. It's going to like pick at him or whatever. And then he's jolted awake. And the smiles playing. <laughs> um, yeah. And listen, yeah. It, the best thing you're going to get from watching this show, if you decide to watch it, is a reminder that the smile record came out. It's honestly quite good. The drum sound is really good. The songwriting is really, like, I don't know, oblique and interesting. So um, I recommend it. Forgive me if yeah. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm having one of those moments where I can't remember which conversations I had on this and which I've had in real life. I, yep. There was one thing I struggled um, with and uh, this came up. I know this came up on Tuesday when I was watching uh, Twilight New Moon with a few friends. Classic. Um, yeah, um, that's certainly a word for that film. Uh, classic. <laughs> but Fun. I was I was describing that? that video games have made it so that I struggle with the over the shoulder 
camera that they'll perspective yeah. that they'll do because my brain is like this is now a video game and I'm about to I'm, take control. I'm, yeah, I'm, about I'm to playing play this. As Killian Murphy. Did yeah. you know they made a Peaky Blinders video game? Of course, I knew they made a Peaky Blinders video game. I almost bought the Peaky Blinders video game because it was five dollars on the eShop the other day, and I thought that would be a really funny thing. But I don't have time to play. That video is games. a good I actually bit. like. Uh, but yes, anyway. so um, when he there's just like a part where they do like wide shot and then kind of move in towards him, and I was like, right, yes, yes. and now I will have control. That is the end of the, right. of the epilogue, the tutorial. Yeah, or <laughs> now I'm in the playable epilogue of Red Dead Redemption Three. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's standing there and he's looking out, and I was like, hmm, I, I like this. This looks really nice. Yeah, and he has this... He sees a newspaper that has his doctor and no, that asshole Travis. guy. And, no, they're all in it. The doctor, the no, asshole guy, and the guy you had you your fair can't, You can't skip over how he finds this, which is a hallucination, hallucination of his dead it for I, had, I had it flipped of he saw Sorry, that. No, and wait, no, hold on. That's my quote. You can't say it. <laughs> I just tell okay yeah hallucination of his dead daughter tells him basically you you know you got to do this stuff and then he finds it it's not just yeah. like he finds well the she tells him uh, she tells him Garfield style too because her mouth's not moving but her she's hearing her thoughts <laughs> and all all telepathy is Garfield style to me uh, and yeah <laughs> then who did you was that is that your thing Travis or it's as of right now yeah. <laughs> So his hallucination, his his star's hallucination leaves him the newspaper that shows uh, this one asshole guy and the woman he's having an affair with and the doctor all in photo together. And he realizes that his tuberculoma was all a falsehood. He's not sick. He was told this that rocks. so he would just like like leave basically or kill himself because he was about to kill himself. Yeah. They made up tuberculoma. Uh, the the yeah. line that he has It's not even a real fucking guy. disease. Uh, sure. Maybe. I'm sorry it if anyone either you know, or love has died of tuberculoma out there. <laughs> um, I just like that he uh, that part where he pulls the gun on the guy and is just like, you all realize the only person who could kill Tommy Shelby is Tommy Shelby. Oh, no, they're real. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, probably not good to have. Uh, but yeah, he goes to kill the Nazi guy and then the clock strikes 11 and he's like, I don't have to do this shit. I'm a better man. Yeah. And then I totally thought he was going to kill the guy who burned down his caravan. You're right. Some guy burns down his caravan. Just like, just some guy who's like fucking gypsies, like burn it, I guess. Like, I don't think well, there no. was any other thing or was it? The doctor sees him and says to that guy, cause that guy works for him to go up there and burn it down. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is the best recap we've ever done. <laughs> Why is man? Travis leading it? <laughs> because Ian couldn't because Ian was looking for the because Ian was looking for the it's wiki funny. thing I, and he couldn't find it. I had it. it and I had it and Travis started going through it and I was like, he's got it. That's fine. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Some guy does, does <laughs> Some horrid British man <laughs> does a racism at him. It is funny. And, this is uh, totally a new energy too, because there have been the times where we've watched shows together. Where like all of us are like I don't fucking know, but in this one like <laughs> some of us do fucking know, but we're <laughs> but we're having the You're guy who go. doesn't None of you will do stop the me. recap. <laughs> the biggest thing I struggled with was not knowing who people <laughs> were, but by and large, the show made sense to me on a cognitive level. 
Yes. No, Same. I was pretty checked out on this one. The events did not seem to seem to be a random uh, succession of occurrences the way it seemed That's to all occurred, to me. happen to Couldn't Travis. see. It wasn't focused. That's why I'm the man to lead this recap. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about it like the fucking DeShare Zone soup meme. <laughs> Couldn't fucking see. Didn't understand the accents. Pathetic. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's burning down the caravan, and he's like, "Welp, gonna ride again." Off he the pulls his gun anyway. out and he chases after the guy. And it was another moment where I'm like, like ah, "Yeah, it's a video game." And I just chose to get the the good ending and not kill that guy. I'm changed. Anyways, hey, there's that fucking one random dude. I gotta shoot his ass because <laughs> there's nothing more I love in video games than making it to the last guy and being like, "I'm not a killer," as there are. 70 bodies outside that tell me otherwise my favorite gaming franchise for that is uncharted oh oh, like nathan drake's your body count as nathan drake is so funny considering the tone of those games and that no one talks about it yeah it's uh what what, did did (laughs) everybody did everybody read through hundreds did everybody read the article about like somebody made a word for this where like ludo narrative dissonance thank you my my friend oh I don't know. It's Peaky Blinders. Whatever. I do like that he does Truly like he whatever. tells his sister to run for like an election. He's like, "All right, you guys, I've ended all. I'm I'm closing up all of my affairs. I'm checking out on life shortly. I'm gonna wrap everything up." And now he's like, "What the fuck does he do next?" This is a powerful brain on this man. Right, I left he has, my entire family. It's time for me to. I don't know. He's returning to the nomadic lifestyle of his heritage. I think is sort of the implication. Ah, uh, you know what? He's going to walk out into the desert. Anymore. That's what he's going to do. He's going to walk out into the desert. He's been. He will ritualistically blind himself and walk out into the desert. Is he going to do it in a peaky way? Well, no. See, that's that's what the peaky blinders <laughs> were his eyes, and thus by removing uh, them, he's finally free. Right. That's that's actually the destruction of the main set. So that was Peaky Blinders. One could argue Killian Murphy's eyes are are the main set, the main the main the main set of eyes of this show. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd maybe try it again sometime, but I was not in the headspace for Peaky Blinders this week. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, sucked. Sorry. Would rather be in a Zoom meeting. Somebody are we doing one more episode. What one more? Doing? The season finale. Yeah, I mean, does anyone else have anything more to say before we get to, I believe it's Ian's choice next. Yes, it is. It is my choice next. Um, I enjoyed the show, and yes, I would love to fucking get lost in those deep crystal blue pools of eye that, that, that Kelly Murphy walks around with all day. I think it was the film Red Eye where they were talking about how like people were struggling to look at him because of how beautiful they were. Like they were just <laughs> like, they were, it was some movie where it was like, people were like, I was... He's it, so fucking evil! What the fuck? Great. People West Craven. Shout out West Craven. Um, Wait, one more. I thought I thought we were going into like December, and then that was going to be our big break. What's our break? When are we coming back? Post-holiday. That, yeah. January, February. Yeah. Still happy to hang out. I just need to not be editing episodes yeah, for no, yeah. I understand. a month or two. Um, I'm, I am losing my mind looking at a lot yeah, of Yeah, no, yeah. You, you need the break, which is why we're doing a season finale, and as the person with the pick, there's only one choice for the season finale. Things are going to get dramatic here. It's time. Dramatic. It's time for us, and I told you guys I was going to pick this a while ago. It's going to be a is. long one. I know what it is. Does that work? Can we can we fit in the long one, or do you need a shorter one? Yeah, no, that's can fine. I guess? Because it. it's going to be that to ruin it. No, you can guess. Is it ER? It is. It's time for us to finally yeah, baby. watch 
watch, I believe, 17 helicopter crashes. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for us to recap every terrible thing that happens to one hospital in between these, like, gripping television. It's time for us to talk about George Clooney. I can't wait. I guess I just talked about ER, but I don't know if anyone here yeah. doesn't you know ER. Some, yeah, I mean, I I've never seen any is. ER. I don't think I've actually seen an I've episode. I've seen a of ton ER. of ER. I have my seen. Mom watched it. Yeah, it is. It was a show that like my parents had on, so I have seen so many random episodes with yeah. no no coherent structure. On I them. would not watch it with my parents because it seemed really gross. I, uh, I, I don't believe that gross. I have seen a single episode of ER. Stephen, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Tell me everything you know about ER, including its setting, starting setting. Now. Yeah. Oh, okay, so ER is, is a medical drama. It stars George Clooney. Um, he plays a doctor. Um, I have never once in my life known what uh, television channel a show has aired on. Um, it went for like <laughs> 17 seasons or so. It's famous for being famous and dramatic. Um, and it's not Grey's Anatomy, which is something And that's really time. <laughs> and I do like the idea of Steven just being like, wait, Game of Thrones is on HBO? <laughs> this is on HBO? <laughs> also, I love I don't to know ask anything Steven, about the location. Where, where is it? Okay, it's in Chicago. It's in Chicago? Yeah, it's in, Chicago. Okay. Okay. in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, so... Um, and it was definitely shot in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. They shot just uh, like the every theme song where they show the L. <laughs> Remember, like, yeah, we're gonna talk about Michael Crichton for a long time because God, I always forget Michael Crichton is the creator of ER. <laughs> yep, novelist and physician. Cool. Back to back Jurassic Park uh, weeks. Great. <laughs> That's what that means. That's all that means. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when we come back next season, the goal is to connect every television show in ways like this. That would but actually yeah. be really fun. I, th I think that would actually be great. We should set like a max number of degrees. That's a lot. I could six degree Kevin Bacon probably from various things. It's when we do the foreign shows where it gets tricky. I mean, I th that's why I'm like, no, no, uh, no six degrees. Like maybe what like did, two degrees and that's it. What did we do last week? Scream? Is that what we did last week? We, Scream. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just talked about something. Uh, scream, we scream, can get kill, uh, to scream West Raven, Raven, Killing Murphy, yeah, 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 Yep, yep. Yeah. There we go. Well, that was, as you know, uh, I am Ian Benson. Thank you for joining me, Travis Marmon, Matt Siani, and Stephen Dowden. It was lovely watch to chat Bodkin. with you guys. Watch Bodkin. I'm in it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch Bodkin. Stephen's in it. T upcoming film Bodkin. It's a or TV show. We it's don't TV. know. It, no, we do. It's a TV show. Okay. You said both <laughs> of the very good no, no, it's d definitively a TV show. Steven okay. has been paid in a roundabout way by Barack Obama to be in this show. That's correct. <laughs> One of my friends was crushed by a float in a parade in an extra scene and won't sue Barack Obama about it, and I think that's insane. That's stupid. <laughs> I'd sue Barack Obama over more or less anything. <laughs> Steven, can you bring us home? Yeah. You're not even sick. You must live, Daddy. <laughs> Why was mm, that your mouth like was moving too much for that. That, that was <laughs> that was a horror <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can do. That's my best Garfield, Travis.